Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Here to There with Carolyn Picata. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you joined us for this first episode of Here to There. I'm Carolyn Takeda, and I'm so excited to continue hosting one of our four podcasts within Group Talk. If you're wondering why this podcast has a new name, uh, please listen to last week's episode, which introduces the four different programs and formats and hosts within our now Group Talk umbrella. As I explained a little bit last week, I wanted to call this monthly podcast Here to There, because in everything we do, whether we're seeking growth and trying to move from here, our present reality and who we are, to there, the future God has for us and the person God's creating us to be, our role as ministry leaders, small group leaders, parents, followers of Jesus, all have the same aspect of moving ourselves and others from what we can see, think, feel now into the future, whether it's next week, next month, next year or even five to ten years from now a lot of that movement that process the gap between here to there um, we navigate by asking questions by listening to God by talking to others by making plans and taking intentional steps towards whatever vision God has given us but what happens when we've been hit with a global pandemic for months that show little sign of slowing down there is no script there's no amount of planning for this scenario And here in the United States, we are heading towards our fifth month of managing this uncertainty and chaos. Most of our churches have not met in person for months. And now as things have started to reopen, our churches are starting to hold um, in-person worship services again. We're wondering what is next for our churches, but more specifically for our purpose, what is next for our small groups ministries? For the summer, for the fall coming up, how do we go from all this uncertainty of this moment, the here, and move to a new there? And how do we start to reimagine and re-envision a ministry for this new normal that we have never experienced before? So these are some really tough questions, and I am thrilled to have with me today for this conversation an old friend and one of the sharpest, most strategic minds in small groups ministry world, Ben Reed. Ben, thanks so much for being on the program. Carolyn, thanks. It's so good to, to be on here with you. Has anybody ever told you you could be like a an NPR host? Like you, you, <laughs> your voice is so soothing. Like I just, you keep talking. There's no reason for me to talk. You just need to keep talking, Carolyn. You're the best. You are such an encourager. So Ben and I were reliving that. He was one of my first guests, like almost four plus years ago on the podcast. And he was such an encourager because I was so new to it. And he was like, no, you can do this. He's naturally very encouraging. So thank you for that encouragement. But I'm, I'm actually serious. I build you as one of the most strategic minds, so you need to deliver. Wow. And you ask, <laughs> I mean, you're opening questions here. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, who's the guest going to be? Because I want to hear what they have to say about this. <laughs> well, let me tell you about our guest, Ben. Ben Reed is the <laughs> pastor at Mission Community Church just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And at Mission, he oversees adult ministries, small groups, care and recovery, local missions, global missions, baptism, and a brand new ministry they've launched called Thrive. Man, what don't you oversee? Uh, other than Sunday worship service, I feel like everything else is in here. 
Finance and budget. I have nothing to do with that. You Uh, don't want me managing that at all. Ah, okay. Smart man (laughs) to get out of the upside. Um, He's also the author of the book, Starting Small, um, and he blogs at benreed.net. So, Ben, we were laughing earlier because I read this morning, as we were taping, um, your new blog article, Exploring Uncertainty, which is really, really good. Um, And you've articulated this moment for many of us as point leaders in group ministry. But I love that you asked this pivotal question. Will chips and salsa ever make their return to small group life? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the most important question that we should all be asking? Um, that's how we get people to show up to small group as we have great snacks. Um, it, yeah, which, so it was a pivotal question. <laughs> it should be for every one of our ministries. <laughs> I know, but the article was actually a perfect launching pad for our conversation. And so I want to ask you, what prompted you to write the post, other than the fact that we're going to be recording a few hours later? <laughs> well, and, and I mean, there there is part of that. But really, it's I feel like these are, these are thoughts that have been stewing in my mind for a while now through conversations mm-hmm. I've had with other small group pastors, small group leaders, people on our team, people on other teams. Um, and... It's been marinating for a while because, I mean, I'm in this pandemic just like you are, Carolyn, and whoever's listening to this, like we're all in the middle of this. And I just try to kind of put some thoughts to where my mind is pointing. Um, Mm -hmm. And and here's the truth. Like, Carolyn, I wish I had all the answers to your questions. Okay, let's just dispel that right now. Apparently, Ben does not have all the answers for the pandemic or the uncertainty in in your church. But suddenly Carolyn is backpedaling on the idea of asking me to be a guest on this. (laughs) No, but I I don't know. For me, it felt good to – I'm an extrovert, so I Mm -hmm. make sense of the world as I extrovert my thoughts. Uh, And part of that comes through conversations just like these. Part of those come through phone calls. Uh, Part of that comes through writing. So I make sense of the world as I extrovert it. And so it was actually kind of freeing to me to go, oh, I don't have all the answers. Um, I had had been verbally processing that with other people, but then to kind of verbally process it in a more public way to say, no, I don't know the best step forward. Uh, But... In this season, here's what I want to value. Um, and mm. it, for me, really revolved around trust. Um, and it's allowing God to create that pathway going forward rather than me coming in demonstratively saying, I've got all the answers. I know what we need to do and relying on my own understanding rather than relying right. on um, on God himself to direct our path. So. Um, yeah, that was such a good reminder. Um, but, you know, you must feel that pressure. You oversee a lot of ministry um, and you're having all your all these teams, right? I'm guessing. How big is your church? Uh, uh, we run about 3000 on the weekend. OK, so and you seem to manage most of that. So uh, you have all these teams looking to you saying, where do we go from here? And I think that's part of the pressure for a small group point people is we don't just have to manage our own uncertainty. We're also trying to and have to navigate and help manage and lead um, the uncertainty that our small group leaders are experiencing, our teams are experiencing. And so can you talk a little bit about um, what that experience has been like for you in this season? Yeah, the the phrase that we use a ton, and this is a new phrase, it would not have been a phrase that we used a year ago, um, but it is right now, we say it over and over, that we hold everything loosely. Mm-hmm. And so we're building plans, we're putting things in motion, but we hold it all loosely. And these are, this isn't just, well, it may get an announcement slot or it may not, it may get a social media push, it may not. These We're talking like yeah. key ministry initiatives that we're holding it all loosely. Um 
perfect example is we were supposed to be gathering back in person um, a week and a half ago. We had all of our plans in place. We did a volunteer training to make sure that all of our volunteers are up to speed on the new procedures. And they were still able to be welcoming, even though they were wearing a mask right. and they're ready to go. And then two days later, we pull the plug. Um, so we try to kind of reset expectations mm-hmm. to go. We're going to hold everything loosely. Not not saying something doesn't have a, a primary value right. as right. a ministry, but we have to hold everything as if it could change in a moment because it has, it can't. and it does. <laughs> yeah, it has for us over and over in this season. And um, so, but but what we don't want is for that to drive us towards laziness and complacency, and just go, mm-hmm. well, we're going to be on the receiving end of this. We'll just wait for you know this announcement to come out, or we'll wait for the pandemic right. to be finally over. Because I mean, the other reality is, I don't know when we're ever going to be done with this. So yeah. we have to lead, but. Hold everything loosely because we don't know how things are, how the, the sand is going to shift beneath our feet right. um, even after we make plans. So um, that's kind of the approach that we've taken is an open-handed approach mm-hmm. to everything that we do um, during the season. Yeah, we've used the metaphor, church, of uh, a basketball metaphor of being on your the front of your uh, feet. So you can tell you don't play basketball. Is that called the balls of your feet? <laughs> that is called being on the balls of your feet, the triple threat position there. Okay, see, and obviously you're an athlete. Um, or, you know, so the idea is that you have to be nimble and be able to move and pivot to whichever role you're going to need to play, whether it's defense, offense, uh, rebound, whatever. Hey, was that pretty good? I almost sound you, like you, you pretty much covered it you pretty much got it <laughs> so the idea is we just can't and we're calling lots of audibles look i'm throwing another we're calling you can only call so many plays but then we have to call hey, all these audibles. remember when i said you'd be great as an npr podcast host <laughs> maybe not, not, don't not call espn no 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 no. don't call them i think you've maybe found your ministry niche here not with sports <laughs> it's so important to know what our gifting is that that really is important so yeah. I, I am married to a sports fan so he's tried so hard over decades to educate me but somehow that part of my brain just refuses to grab hold of it <laughs> um, that's awesome so let's talk about the here before we can yeah. go to the there. Let's um, can you describe kind of what you think the emotional and mental mindset? You kind of started to talk about this with the idea of holding things loosely, but there are learnings, right? So what have you and your teams learned, or what have you been learning in the few months that you actually ha- can use as values as jumping off points um, as you think about the future? Yeah, we. So one of the things that that we learned, uh, let me try to recount the number of things that we've, that we've uncovered in this season. One is, um, groups online have a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that they're going to fully replace. I, I, I can't see them fully replacing physical in-person, um, gatherings, but we've seen that they have a place. Let me give you a perfect example. Yeah. We started a men's group, um, and we started, when you do things no other church is doing, you're either brilliant or you're dumb, and only time <laughs> will tell. So we're, we're still in the middle of this. So I'll go that we're brilliant, um, but we'll see. We started. I put my a, money on that too, Ben. For you, I'd say. Well, I talked it, to some really, I talked to some really, really, really smart churches that are not doing it. So uh, okay. we'll see if this is smart <laughs> or not. We so in a season where nobody was starting new groups, um, we saw groups as so vital to. I mean, you, you brought up the mental, emotional health of people. Um, relationships are so vital. Um, and I know you, you know that and believe that, Carolyn. And look, I have a group. 
And so, I mean, as soon as all this stuff happened, I had people to lean into, but tons of people in our church and in our community didn't. And so we thought, what would it look like to create an experience online for people to connect? And so we started a men's group and a women's group. We wanted to cast kind of a men's group, a women's group, and a couple's group. Mm -hmm. We wanted to cast the net really wide. Um, The women's group, um, as you can guess, had a ton of ladies sign up for it. They just, they loved it. Not shocking um, at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the couples group, it, it went fine. Um, it wasn't huge participation, but the men's group was the one that shocked us because mm-hmm. if you'd ask me would a men's group online at, I think we did it at six or six thirty AM in the morning on a Thursday, would that go well? I would have laughed at you and told you no, not a chance, but our, our men's leader, he came to me week two and said, look, if this coronavirus thing lifts, this was back in um, April, if this coronavirus thing lifts, I think we want to stay online. And I said, Rob, why? Mm-hmm. He said, because we've got guys that are commuting into work that yeah. no way would they come on campus or would they meet in somebody's right. home or they meet at a coffee shop because by 630, they need to be on the road. And mm-hmm. they, they don't want to meet at like 430 in the morning. But because we can do it online and they can either phone in or video in, they're able to to manage it. So he said, I think we've stumbled onto something because the people that signed up for that were a lot of like high powered CEO types Mm -hmm. that um, just wouldn't have the margin on a normal week to drive across town to be a part of something. But because they can do it from their phone, they were Mm -hmm. able to, to, you know, step in and engage. So... Online groups, I don't see them replacing physical in-person gatherings, but I do see that they have a place um, yes. in the, the health and the life of the church. So that's that's one thing that's been a, a, a big aha. The other is the idea of consistency. So mm-hmm. online gives people a chance, even when their kids are sick, even right. when they're traveling, right. even when it's like, all right, we slept in on a Sunday morning. And there's no way we're going to go, but, oh, we can watch it in our pajamas from the couch. Great. We'll do that. Or, you know, fast forward to the group night for our group. We've been meeting at 830 at night on a Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. After the kids go to bed. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. No way would we have met like that um, on a consistent basis mm-hmm. because our kids need to be already in bed. But because we can put our kids in bed and then sit in front of our Zoom screen, it suddenly becomes more accessible. So I think thing that we've learned is that online technology allows people to be more consistent when they normally would have checked out for a week or two or three weeks. And the data says if somebody checks out for three weeks in a row, it's, it's easier to get a lost person to come than to get a regular attender to come back. I think our online experience, because we've elevated it um, Mm -hmm. on the weekend and through group life, we've created some sort of experience that people are going, okay, it's not as great as in person, but I can still feel engaged. And I can participate in right. church even when I couldn't show up in person. Yeah, I totally agree. I think those are our learnings. I was kind of um, a late adopter on the online group thing. We didn't have any before the pandemic, and I'm totally there with you. I think they definitely have a place, and for some people, even better than um, in person. And in some groups, we've learned that they're more authentic and honest with one another or with the screen. Um, and so it, there's definitely going to be part of our um, package going forward because it, it's really meeting a need. Um, what about other Uh, Yeah, I was just about to say, one of the other things that we learned that I think is really important too is our leader trainings. Um, We do those via Zoom. 
again, if you'd asked me a year ago, could you do a group leader meeting via Zoom? I probably would have laughed at you. But this pandemic forced us to explore different ideas because there's no way I'm going to get a group of 75 to 150 people in a room together to do leader training. But because we do it at 830 at night um, on a Monday night and it's 30 minutes long, which Carolyn, have you ever done a leader training that's 30 minutes long? No, they take like an hour and a half. Because you have to do coffee beforehand and you need to do snacks and you need to do intros, you need to do a giveaway, all those things. Suddenly we just cut through all of that and we do a quick, quick hit leader training and we do those every month. We do them for 30 minutes, 830 at night. Again, the idea is whether you have kids or not, put your kids to bed and then log on. And we've had great participation. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So is that um, one of the ways you've kept your leaders engaged is doing this monthly? Were you doing monthly trainings prior? No, we weren't. Uh, we hadn't fully figured out what our, our training rhythm looked like. Uh, we were trying different things, but we couldn't get much, much participation. And so the way that we've kept leaders engaged is we've, you know, we've said, Hey, log on to this monthly call and you'll get the latest on what we're doing as a church. And Hey, by the way, we're going to sneak in like groups, <laughs> it's the same kind of tips and right. training that you would have put together five right. years ago, because at, at some level, a group is a group and it has been right. for a long time. Um, but we've integrated some of those into, Oh, Hey, by the way, here's where we are as a church. And here's what it looks like for us as a church going forward. And honestly, most of that has been, Hey, we don't really know what it looks like going forward, but Hey, since you're on the call, here's some weird yeah. tips. Um, and really what we've learned is the value of training hasn't so much been the three, four, five tips. Mm-hmm. but it's been the connected connectivity yeah. of those. And yeah. it's allowed people to feel like they're still connected to um, their local church because they're on the front lines and whether their front lines is in front of their computer or if it's actually in front of people, um, they're on the front lines and they want to know that their church supports them. And this little quick check-in and, and even for the people that don't show up, they've emailed afterwards or texted me afterwards right. and said, I couldn't show up, but thanks for offering this. I'll be at the next one. And so you're not um, so, taping it for people who can't show up. It's just live. It's just live. And then I send the notes out afterwards. So, uh, we have a, um, oh. like a web platform that we use and we post articles and blogs and stuff there. So we'll post the notes and send those out afterwards for those who missed it. So Ben, it sounds like you've already started to make some adaptations to your ministry. Are you doing something different this summer than you typically would do? And then maybe you could start talking about fall. What are you doing, not doing, that you usually would do? And what are you doing that is new? Yeah, so for the summer, um, so a, a few years ago, we would have said July is death in, in August, <laughs> uh, in, in, in Arizona, because I mean, partly because it's like walking on the face of the sun here. It's so hot. And so people want to either stay indoors or right. they want to leave town. Um, but we tried something last year. We, we did a, a, we call them short-term groups in our context, we did a short-term group and we had better participation than we thought. Um, so Coming into this summer before pandemic, we said, yeah, let's maybe try another short term kind of on, you know, on our campus during the week experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to try that. And then pandemic happened. And so we were rethinking it. Um, but what we're doing this summer is uh, in July. And then actually, I want to back up and tell you about what we did in May that I thought was what worked really well. 
In July, we're offering three opportunities for people to connect online, um, men's, women's, and we're doing Thrive, um, which is, it, I, I can talk about that more later, but uh, it's a, a ministry that we've developed here. And so we're offering those three different um, opportunities for people to step in and build relationships because we don't we don't want to continue on in this with people who don't have relationships at mission right. um, and, and keep them further disconnected uh, from the thing that we know is going to give them life. And so we're giving them three different opportunities really to step in and build relationships and grow in the middle of this. And we've already been pretty shocked at the number of people that have signed up. And, and here, here's why I wanted to say that because one of the learnings that we've had is it comes back to this consistency piece and people are traveling for the summer, but because it's online, you yeah. can, you can do this wherever. And if you're up in That's Northern true. Arizona, if you're on the beach in San Diego, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, it doesn't really matter. You can still log on. Um, and so we're excited to put this in front of people and give them a chance to connect. Um, even though they may be scattered all over the place. And actually I think this could be one of those ideas that we carry forward and when we're out of this pandemic over the summer, when we know that people are traveling more, typically we would just try to kind of stay away from that and allow people to take travel. a break. Yeah. 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 But now I think we're going to offer opportunities for people to connect. They'll just be, even when we can meet in person, we'll offer those digitally because we know that people are going to be traveling and maybe out of pocket and would be reluctant to sign up for something that they know that had be in physically but they still want to engage over the summer and they don't want to lose connection over the summer. So I see this actually being an idea that we carry forward. Uh, the thing that we did in May that went over really well, we called it May is for marriage. So um, it worked out. We pastors love to alliterate things. So it worked really well. Um, we targeted every Friday night in May because Friday nights feel like date nights, but you can't really go out in the middle of quarantine. So, we offered ways for people to engage, not so much on the group experience, but more as a couple. Um, mm. And we, we shared different interviews that we had done. We hosted two different uh, leaders online. We hosted Ted Cunningham, who's like a, he, he's a pastor, but he's really funny and engaging when it comes to marriage. And then we hosted Kathleen Edelman, who does a lot of things for North Point. And she oh, communication, their, yeah. Mm -hmm, their temperament assessments. Um, so we did... Two, two of those interviews where I did one of those and our lead pastor did the other. And, and again, you, you know, you asked what are the things that we're going to carry forward. I could see us carrying these forward because it costs so much money to fly somebody in and pay for their hotel yep. and take them out yep. for the night. But it costs very little to host somebody on mm -hmm. a Friday night at nine o'clock at night. But we had tremendous engagement, mm -hmm. not just, not just, people viewing, but like we had tons of comments and oh, you know, right. interaction during, but then also tons of interaction afterwards. And so, um, that was a big learning for us to go. Maybe, maybe these high impact events don't have to cost a ton of money and use up a ton of mm -hmm. resources, but we can utilize our team and utilize leaders from all over the country to make an investment in right. our people here. So, um, well, I can see I can see why that would work too because a lot of times when we do marriage events, the childcare thing is always a big obstacle, and um, it's expensive, and, and it's expensive, and there's all sorts of complications, and it becomes an easy excuse too for people who don't want to do it. And by by doing what you guys did, I mean it takes those obstacles right out, and you know you can just sit 
and learn together. I, I love that idea. We've had a lot of success with our classes too. That's been a surprise um, uptick for us too, which which did surprise me. But it makes sense when you consider you know the limitations. Um, so you'll be doing that probably going forward as well. What do you think connection events will look like for you guys in the um, in the future? as we start thinking about the fall, because typically you probably are like us where we have connection events in person or in the lobby, um, and maybe you have them online as well. Are you, have you started to think about what that might look like? Yeah, we were going to do our very first, um, it was pretty much an online connection event uh, where you, um, so if you want to join a group, you go online, you kind of pick your group based on the criteria. You know, you're looking for a mm -hmm. Tuesday night couples group, you read a mm -hmm. little description about the group leader, and then you sign up for it. Um, we were going to do our very first stab at that uh, March. Uh, oh, so that got canceled. Nice. Um, but look, you've already done the legwork for it. It's ready. We did, but here's the problem. Um, it's So you pick your group, and then you come on campus to meet your group for the first time uh, so that you're not going into a home that you've never met somebody at before. Well, now the with time. the whole home thing, that's a, as a side note. Are people going to want to allow other people to be in, strangers into their home? And are people going to want to be in a stranger's home? I, I feel like that's going to be a big question mark for, especially for, uh, you know, cities and states that have a higher uh, instance of the virus. Well, and legally we can, we can do it. Legally, we can still meet and I, I can have 10 people in my home, no problem at all. But I think there's the fear factor. Yeah, of, that's what I mean. Yeah. People. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is where my mind's going. It's so let's take uh, somebody in, in our group that is a nurse. Um, suddenly, now it's not just their family that's being exposed, mm -hmm. but it's every single family in our group and it's all yeah. of our kids because our kids are going to play together. Right. Um, and so things could spread exponentially. And I'm not even an alarmist. I'm not the kind of right. person that feels like I can't ever have an in-person conversation with anybody. Right. Like I'm not an alarmist, but I look at that and go, okay, I believe in the value of groups, but given the option of, Okay, sit, I'm sitting in a, a pew on the pew. Um, I'm sitting <laughs> well, in a you guys have pews. Oh, no, interesting. We don't, we don't. Uh, I hearken back to a, 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 a gentler, simpler, simpler time when there was no, no pandemic. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sitting in a seat on a Sunday morning and I hear our announcement that says, hey, come on campus on a Tuesday night and mingle around with 300 people and, <laughs> and then link arms with somebody that is going to be your leader that you don't know where they've been over the last month. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. by the way, you don't know where the rest of the group has been over the last month. And by the way, not just, you're not going to just meet them on campus, but you're going to go into their home. You don't know where they've been. You don't know where their kids have been. You don't know how well they clean. You don't know how well they disinfect. And so, so I'm hearing no, no live connection events is what I'm hearing. Well, it, he, he, so that's the complicated part is, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you ask me right now, I would say, no, it doesn't feel like the responsible well, especially thing to Ari do. Arizona's had a big spike um, this week. So, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, but, I think that's going to I mean, be tough. What, you know, I, this is the hold everything loosely. So yeah. as, as we look over the next few weeks, what if our numbers start to not just plateau, but they kind of go away? Well, then mm -hmm. it feels like this conversation potentially changes. Right. And it changes from a, hey, maybe we shouldn't to, 
hey, maybe we should offer this as an option to people. Um, and we'll, we'll practice social distancing and we'll train our leaders on how to make sure they create the right environment um, well, so that it's safe. That. So Ben, let's think about that for a second. So recruiting leaders in this season of uncertainty has been challenging. Because we don't even know what recruiting them to, right? Like, are they going to have a live group? Are they going to have an online group? Are you know they going to have strangers? Are they not? Um, how do people get added to their group? Like, I, I feel like the challenge. Normally, when we recruit a leader, we can give them a, a a decent roadmap of what they're likely to encounter and what our expectations are. This is much harder. What have you guys um, figured out, like in terms of recruiting leaders for for groups going forward? Any well, secret sauce to that? I think the, the, yes, you want to recruit leaders to something, but you always recruit with vision. So yes, we're in a time of uncertainty, but I'm always calling people to a big vision and it's a vision or that, that God created his church, not to be a bunch of lone rangers, but to be united together. And so I always want to lead with that when I'm recruiting people. It's not just, Hey, I want you to do this tactical job. Although it may kind of come down to that. I really want to lead with, Hey, here's what God's calling us to as a church. And actually this is bigger than mission and it's bigger than one right. church. This is the, this is what God's calling his church to. And I want to invite you to be a part of that. Um, so that's what I always lead with when I'm recruiting leaders. It does become difficult because you just have people who are you have varying levels of comfortability exactly, with this exactly. Um, I mean, I got some of our leaders think this is all a, a, a scam and that it's all made <laughs> up. And some of our leaders <laughs> haven't left their home in six months. You know, I mean, that, obviously I'm playing up the extremes there. But, you know, you, yes. in all of our churches, we have both right. of those extremes. And we have a whole lot of people in the middle right. that are waiting to be led. Right. And so um, let me tell you, here's where... Here's where I'm at, um, and and Carolyn, if you ask me tomorrow, it might be different. But <laughs> we're at the point where we're you know eight weeks out from when when we would do a connection event. Yes, which is, now is the time that we hit the gas, where right. we would be recruiting leaders and like ordering T-shirts and making sure facilities is good to go and starting to put announcements in the pipeline and right. sending out communications. Like we're doing all of that, but we all of that's kind of on pause right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the next couple of weeks, we, we could have a clearer picture, but we're going to reach a, a drop dead point where if we don't start moving the ball down the field, we can't. So I don't know exactly what that date is. And that's what I was going to go to. We're getting (laughs) close to punting and here's what we're punting too. And I know that for some of people who are listening to this, you're going, that's not an option for us. And I, and I get it. But for us, one of the options is to have people meet on campus, not like Sunday school on a weekend, but Mm -hmm. throughout the week and utilizing our campus in that way. So we call those short-term groups. They are four to 10 week experiences that we offer on campus. They, we've actually kind of begun to call those short-term studies, short-term classes, because they yeah. tend to be more focused on the head than the heart. Um, right. So we lead with, here's what you're going to learn. Here's what you're going to study. Here's how you're going to grow. And by the way, there's relationships that you build in the process. Now we utilize those as a launching pad to get people to step into long-term community, but we've never really explored the idea of semester-based groups um, that meet on campus, on site, Mm -hmm. but that's where my mind's going right now because it allows us to control the environment a little bit more. We could control childcare and we could tell people sign up for this because all of our childcare workers are going to be wearing masks. 
all of our child care workers are following cleanliness procedures. Um, we could we could also you know tell people all of our leaders are fully following our cleanliness and safety procedures because we can provide them with masks. I can't well, get and, and it's our- also the how your space in the building might be bigger than someone's house. You actually exactly could socially distance right. yep. um, around it. The wrinkle would be it's interesting. It's a little bit like Sunday school again, right? So you have you're offering both class, uh, more head, more knowledge based that with relationship context, or you can do the relationship focus with the content um, in people's homes. And I think maybe in this season, but it's really just giving people more options and continuing to do a hybrid. I, I just don't think we're ever going to go back to how it was. Um, so it's really going to be looking at what is what makes sense to continue along, what makes sense to revamp, what makes sense to keep going. And and it, it's interesting. I, I think people so long to be back where we were. And I've been saying this with my kids too, because they're both college students and they're just they're just starting to hear plans for the new semester. And it is nothing like college as as you had envisioned, they'd experienced earlier. And so we keep saying the same mantra of, you know, let it hurt, let it go. And the idea of grieving what we had, or or now, of course, re- rosy colored it all anyway. Um, but to kind of grieve that we can't have things that way, and then take a moment, grieve that, you know, tell God it hurts, and then go, okay, what's, what's, let's adapt. And what are the blessings of this season? Um, and so I'd like to actually, and um, I mean, kind of talk through this uh, towards the end of our program is for you personally, Ben, like what's been some stuff you've grieved that's been hard for this season. And then um, tell us about what you're excited about. And I'd love to hear more about Thrive maybe in that second um, question. Yeah. You're going to have to ask that one again. Here's why, because you just got me thinking, um, Andy Stanley says, marry your mission, date your model. And it feels like we're in this season where we're going to have to make sure we're married to our mission which I know our mission kind of differs, not kind of, it differs from church to church, but yes. our mission is the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. It is. It's some twist on that. You've reworded it in a super clever way in your church, but really it boils down to it's the mission and vision that Jesus gave us. Um, and the way we flesh that out is, you know, it's Sunday school or it's missional community or it's small groups or it's short-term groups or it's a thousand different expressions of that. And that's that's great. I think when we walk through the season, we have to make sure that we are married to our mission. We have to remember that we're driving people to that life change happens best in the context of community. That's it, right? How we do that though is going to have to shift. And and I hate I hate when I hear you say, Well, what, how we used to do it is over. But I think you're right. It is. It's going to have to change. And and I would love to think we can go back to the good old days of early 2019 when, when, <laughs> when we could meet in homes. And, and maybe we'll get back to some sort of semblance of that. But I think walking forward, we're going to have to make sure that we are crystal clear on what the real value yeah. is and that we're not holding tightly to this going, well, if people don't meet in homes, then they're not a full expression of the church. That's baloney. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and... and when we get to heaven, we're going to look back on this stage of history of people meeting in homes and go, well, hey, that worked for that, that period of history. But hey, in the year 2500, they did it this way. And that worked too. The church is going to march on. And the church yeah. is going to march on at the mission of Jesus. And we have to make sure that we're not holding so tightly to our model that we lose the mission in that. Our mission is 
is to create disciples. And we're going to do that in the context of relationships. And the more we can keep our eyes focused on that, the more I think we become open to mm-hmm. valid expressions of models of how we accomplish that. And so if that's short-term groups, if that's online digital classes, if I don't know what that's going to look like. but or watch uh, parties. I know some churches parties, are going yeah. moving towards watch parties as an in-between way to have mid-sized community. I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, the, the mission has not changed and will not change. Um, but how we do it, and we have to not be afraid. I think uh, we need to kind of go, okay, we're not sure it's going to work. I mean, you said that earlier. It could either be brilliant or it could be a flop, uh, but we won't know until we try. And hopefully exactly, right. our listeners have some grace and some um, credit built up in their environments where they can experiment a little. And you start with one group. You don't have to revamp the whole model. Uh, I don't think this is time where we want to revamp everything. It's just time to kind of walk into, let's let's uh, work on little pieces. Let's experiment with little pieces. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not the time to revamp your whole model, but it is the time to experiment. What are you going to lose? Nothing. You don't lose anything. (laughs) You experiment. And if it didn't work, you go, well, of course it didn't work. We're in a pandemic. But if it does work, you're going, of course it worked. We're in a pandemic and we got to try something. So you win either way. Um, So that's kind of our approach, how we're taking it. You asked the question though, what's the person, the toughest part of this for me? The toughest part of this for me is that I am highly relational Mm -hmm. and, um, Zoom calls don't fully scratch that itch. They kind of <laughs> do. It's it's like you're parched in a desert and somebody gives you water out of a droplet. It's like that's not full. <laughs> yes, that's gonna sustain me, but it's not enough. Like I need the fire hydrant turned on. So um I'm really excited about the day where we get to go have meals again together and coffee together. And I long yeah. for that. So uh, I mean my small group still meets every single week over Zoom and it's I'll be honest with you, it's okay. It's not great. We had our first um, a portion of our small group had our first a restaurant out. They just opened restaurants uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were giddy. It, and we were outside. <laughs> we weren't masked until we sat down. Menus were on the, you know, on the phone, not on paper. I mean, everything was all. But we literally were like, we, we didn't even have anything to drink, and we were giddy because just the just being in each other's presence after uh, all awesome. the Zoom was so nice. <laughs> Yes. Um, so that's been the toughest part for me is feeling relationally disconnected or maybe not relationally disconnected, feeling relationally like my connection's not as strong. Um, but I will say my mm-hmm. family feels stronger than ever because we've never spent as much time as we have mm-hmm. together. Um, and and yes. we're a very active family. And so we, we, we do a lot of things actively together. So um, we did a lot of at-home workouts and you know, I've got, we got our three kids out there and they're, you know, in the 110 degree heat, what no, are you doing to no, your children? Carolyn, <laughs> um, not in the 110 degree, but when it was a little cooler, yeah, they were all out there with us. We got our, our little one-year-old nugget. He was in his, his high chair eating his pop tart while the rest of us are doing burpees and push ups and jumping jacks. Nice. And that was a, it was really a fun, nice release from mm-hmm. having to sit on the couch and having to be inside. It was yeah. like, all right, for a few minutes, we get to like release some energy and be active. Right. Um, so, And I, I know you're excited about Thrive. So tell us a little bit about that. I know that's um, been on your radar. And I've heard a nice buzz from our uh, fellow friends in small group plans. So tell us a little, little bit about what that is. Yeah, Thrive is, um, it's, it's kind of the, the so I've been in, in vocational ministry now for, I don't know, like 13, 14 years. And I feel like Thrive is the missing piece that 
I've longed for in ministry that I've never even been able to really articulate is needed. So just to kind of sum it up, Thrive is a four-week experience that we offer that we created an assessment on the front end. So uh, we give you an assessment and we kind of teach you about what thriving life in Jesus looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's it's partly your own spiritual journey and it's partly you incorporating personal responsibilities or spiritual disciplines. It's built on the health of your local church and it's built on you linking arms with other people living life in community so we teach on that and we give you an assessment and based on how you answer that assessment we give you a customized spiritual growth pathway wow um, that's the, cool the three things that you need to do uh, in order to most deeply connect with jesus and most effectively grow spiritually here's what we know uh, and you know this carolyn um, not everything that your church does is perfectly suited for everybody So, I mean, let's take tithing for an example. Um, The biblical ideal is 10%. Well, I mean, you could make a biblical argument that the ideal is it's all God's in the first place. But go with me here. The biblical ideal is 10%. (laughs) But let's say somebody walks in off the street, never had a relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. in their life. Are you going to tell them, hey, you really need to start tithing 10%? No. You're just going to say, my goodness, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Can we talk to you about what faith in Jesus looks like? Can we put you in our new believers group? Can we get you baptized? Yeah, there's a scope and sequence to to their um, discipleship. Yes. Spiritual growth is not linear, but there are very clear Mm -hmm. steps that you take within different seasons of your faith that we know, based on research, actually prompt your faith. Um, For you, let's assume, so we've... We've, we see faith being broken down into four stages. Um, and based on what stage that you're in, there's certain things that prompt your growth. If you're a thriver, if you're at that highest level of spiritual growth, then sure, maybe I need to tell you about what it looks like to lead a small group, what it looks like to begin being more generous mm-hmm. even outside your 10%, um, what it looks like to not just engage with your Bible here and there, but to read it every single day and to apply it to your kids' lives. Um, that's what it looks like to thrive in your relationship with Jesus. So the, the stages are exploring, building, owning, and thriving. And based on that, and based on what you've walked, so if you've walked through a divorce, or if you've walked through addiction, right. or if you've walked through um, church hurt, then mm-hmm. that would prompt different, very practical things that you could do that would help you grow through that. So is that available, or could um, our listeners outside of your church, are they able to access it, or is that just for uh, mission? Church. We've we've created it just for mission right now. Um, so we have we're to join Mission on- Church basically online. I'd like to join we, your online campus so I can see that perfect. I can have access. We, uh, to this. we meet online uh, every <laughs> single Sunday morning. Would it be weird if a whole? Would be weird if a whole bunch of um, small group pastors suddenly showed up at Mission Church online for Thrive? <laughs> uh, yes, it would be super weird. Um, but we actually have um, we've. We've kind of created this packet that we've we've started to send into mm-hmm. churches that it allows you to take the assessment, oh, um, cool. so you can see all of our questions, and then we give you like a John Doe or a Jane Doe response, like, "Hey, here's what a, a builder would look like. Here's right, the steps right. that it would look like for them." Oh, that's cool. Our team, our team doesn't have time to because yes, it's automatic, but there's a lot of manual things that go on in the sure, background. Sure. But sure. um, we do have that available for other churches, so um, I'm, I'm happy to share that with with you yeah, guys. Yeah, we'll link that in our our show notes if you are away are good with giving away 
um, resources. That'll be great. Yeah, we're not trying to, to hog those resources um, at all. And if it if it helps you, I, I will say it's a ton of hard work, and the hard work is is us answering the questions like what really is in our context, what is the next best step for somebody that is a builder or that is an owner or that is a thriver? And you have to answer that question for you. Mm -hmm. Your church is different than mine and that's great. But um, that's where a lot of the hard work comes in is a thousand questions that you have to answer for your people in your context. That's very cool. Um, All right. So any final thoughts, Ben, you'd like to share before you leave us? No, Carolyn, this was good. It's um, <laughs> you, have, I, you have nothing, nothing else to say. You're an extrovert. You have something to say. <laughs> I always have. I always have something to say. But um, I, I'll just say I, I love what you're doing, and I love that you're building conversations and not trying to say, "Hey, we got the answer here." Because I think you should be really scared if somebody comes in and says, "I've got the answers for how to survive in a pandemic." <laughs> don't listen to them. They're, they're wrong. They don't. But I think the more that we have conversations, yeah. um, wisdom is going to bubble up to the surface. And, um, I love th- these conversations are sharpening for me. Um, and, and I hope they're sharpening for everybody who's, who's listening to this because, um, again, our mission is the same and it has not changed since Jesus instituted his church. Uh, and hopefully this has helped you figure out what it looks like in your context and the local expression that you have, um, to what what Jesus has called all of us to as we make disciples. Yeah, that's really encouraging. And it goes back to what you said at the top, you know, about trusting. At the end of the day, we make our plans, we take steps towards, you know, what we want to see envisioned, and then we just trust God with the rest of it and hold it with open hands. You know, and I stay wonder if when we get to heaven and we ask God about this season, like, what in the world were you doing? And he's going, <laughs> I just wanted you to trust me more. Like I, you thought you knew what the clear path was for your church, and you thought that if you did this, X number of new people would join a group or X number of people would grow. And all I wanted you to do was just trust me because this is my church, not yours. I had a great mm. pathway for you, and it took a pandemic for you to realize that. Wow. Um, I, I, I just sometimes wonder, like, sometimes we're pretty prideful. And, and I want to say we, I mean me too. Um, I'm pretty prideful to think, well, A plus B must equal C. And God's going, no, that's not really the economy that I work in. I've got a plan and I'm going to grow my church in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm going to remind you that this is my church and that I sent my own son to die for this church. It's not yours. I'm going to create a pathway and I just want you to trust me. Wow, that'll preach. Thank you for that. No, seriously, that's so convicting and encouraging at the same time. Ben, thanks so much. Um, Ben is part of the Small Group Network in Arizona, and he's also on our Facebook Small Group Network page, so you can ask questions and interact with him. How else can people get um, in touch with you if they want to talk to you further? They can hit me up. I don't know. I'm on all the social media platforms. So um, the two primary ones that there are three primary ones that I use, Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter. You can probably, it'd probably be easier just for you to search for me on there. I think my, my Facebook handle is at Ben Reed. I think my Instagram is at Ben L Reed and my Twitter is at Ben Reed. So just search for Ben Reed. Cause that's not confusing Reed, at all. How about ben just Reed, Ben Pastor Reed? Arizona and you can find <laughs> me there. Uh, or you can go old fashioned email and my email is Ben R at missionaz.org. Um, I'm happy for you to email me there. Um, that no, no problem at all. So yeah, and if maybe um, if you have a huddle coming up and you'd love Ben to pop in for 10, 15 minutes and just to encourage you, you can just preach what you just did. I think that would be great. I'll just um, recycle can, the same stuff. 
yes, it will just like push play and then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but you know, the huddles have been so interesting too during the season because they've been on Zoom. So they've been really active and more um, people have been able to pop in, you know, other experts or people who've been in the ministry longer. Although, you know, your uh, blog, benreed.net says um, something about you being, uh, you know, a young pastor. You may still look like a young pastor, but it's been, that blog is like 10 years old, right? Whoa, whoa, Carolyn, <laughs> you can't wrap up a call with that burn. Easy now. Um, it's because we go way back that... to 10 years ago where I was like, oh, he's so young. He looks like he's in high school. And that he has was so 10 much years wisdom. ago before I had kids and before yeah, life had you. made me hard and grizzled. Um, <laughs> I didn't have any gray hairs back then. I have... Uh, increasingly more every day. Um, well, so you're I probably you have, change you the have hair. That. You have I hair. I still have hair. Pandemic. <laughs> pandemic hadn't taken that away yet. <laughs> so it's all it's all good. So you can catch up with it, and that article is excellent. We'll link that as well. Um, it just it, it just reminds us of what the mission is and what God um, that God's with us in it. So um, thanks so much, Ben, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Carolyn. All right. Well, and thank you all for listening to Here to There. Until next time, remember, we are better together. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you so much for tuning into our first installment of Here to There with Carolyn Takeda. I'm so excited for these new shows, and I know you're going to love them all. Before we go, let's talk about Align. Our new online training course is here. It's called Align, Learning Small Group Ministry Essentials. Our founder, Steve Gladen, is quoted as saying, this is the course I wish I would have had 35 years ago when I started small group ministry. Align will help you learn the small group ministry essentials. It features eight video sessions taught by Steve Gladen, a downloadable workbook, lesson discussion questions, an official small group network completion certificate, and a special gift to help you further your small group ministry. Learn more by watching the course introduction and enroll at smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash align. And thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.